good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to our study in 1 Peter. Uh, if you got your Bibles at home and you want to follow along, uh, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we'll be in verses 5 through uh, 7. The title of our lesson this morning is Humility. Let's read. Uh, it says this, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Well, obviously from the title, uh, today we're going to talk about humility. And Webster's Dictionary defines humility as a modest or low view of one's own importance. And another way to look at it, the other side of the coin could be freedom from pride or arrogance, or the opposite of pride or arrogance. Now, it should probably go without saying this morning that uh, humility is not a popular subject uh, in the modern world. Uh, if you turn on talk shows, they're not going to talk about humility. If you listen to a valedictorian speech, they're probably not going to mention humility. If you go to a self-help seminar, they're not going to uh, laud hu humility. In fact, I thought this morning I would actually give you an example of this. And we hear a lot today about core values. And, and, and core values can be are, are basically the fundamental beliefs of a person, or it can even be the fundamental beliefs of an organization. They're a, they're a set of guiding principles that is meant to keep a person or a company or a business uh, on the right path within certain uh, uh, patterns of, of behavior, uh, if you will. So we hear about this a lot. Companies have core values. And so I went to several websites uh, to get examples of core values. You know, what if I wanted, you know, I was a new company and I wanted to, to write a list of core values. And so there's several websites out there that give you examples. So uh, I just listed a few of these here. I won't read them all, but you have things like dependabil dependability, uh, loyalty, open-mindedness, honesty, innovation, uh, good humor, uh, positivity, optimism, respect, courage, uh, patriotism, environmentalism, and, and you just get these long lists. But I'm telling you, every single list I went to, there was something missing. And that is not a single list of core values that I could find even came close to mentioning the characteristic of humility. Now, the reason for this turns out to be pretty simple. According to Scripture, humility can only survive in the presence of God. You can almost say, if you will, that humility follows God kind of like a, a shadow. And, and when you have a culture that acknowledges God, then humility is seen as a, as a virtue. It, it's lauded as a characteristic. But in a culture that dismisses God, and, and like here in America today, humility will be completely ignored, which is we've just seen in those list of core values. Now, why is this? Well, here's why. Because when God is neglected or God is dismissed, the runner-up God takes his place, and the runner-up God is always man. You see, by definition, that is the opposite of humility. That is uh, pride. Psalms 10.4 says this, In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. 
You see, with pride, there's no room for God. But with God, there's no room for pride. The, these two things cannot coexist with one another. Now, why is pride so sinful? Well, pride is giving ourselves credit for something that God has accomplished. Pride is, is taking the glory for things where that glory should be for God and God alone. It is essentially self-worship. I mean, you think about it. Nothing we accomplish in this world, nothing, would be possible if it weren't for God. He created us. He gives us the breath that's in me right now. He, he gives us the talent to do the things that we do. Everything comes from Him. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says this, What do you have that you didn't receive? And if you didn't receive it, why do you boast as though you didn't? See, that is why we give God glory, because He alone is the one that deserves it. But you see, we live in a world that is absolutely hostile to humility. And, and the text we're studying today is, is foreign to our times. People just don't understand humility. They don't see why it would be a, a, a virtue. Uh, but yet a text like this today in, in Peter is utterly necessary. Because if what we're studying here today doesn't take root in our lives as individuals, then we're not a Christian church. We're not going to be salt and light for a lost and dying world. Now, to be honest, this is not a complicated scripture. The main point is very straightforward and very simple, and that is Christians should be a humble people. In verse 5a, it says this, Younger men, be subject to your elders. In other words, be humble toward them. Uh, bring yourself under them. Consider them more important than you. Verse 5b says, all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another. And of course, verse 6 says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So again, not complicated. The point is clear. Humility should be a defining mark or a defining characteristic or a defining virtue of a true Christian. Now, Peter is going to give us four incentives to be humble. Okay, The first one is this. God opposes the, the proud. Proverbs 8.13 says this, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. God absolutely hates pride and arrogance. Now let me tell you, it's not good in this life to have someone that's in a powerful position be against you. But nothing could be worse than having a mighty, powerful, holy God be against you. So that's, in, that's the first incentive. God opposes the proud. So Peter says, don't be proud. His second incentive is on the positive. He said, God gives grace to the humble. Now let's just think about that for a second. Not only, if you're humble, not only is God not opposed to you, he is now for you. And, and nothing could be better than that, right? Nothing can be better that this, this, this wise and holy and mighty and awesome, powerful God is not only against you, now he's for you. Now he's going to treat you uh, graciously. That is what God does for the humble. Now, why does he do that? Because humility is a confession of emptiness. 
It's a confession to God that I can't do this. I don't have it in me to do this. It's I'm not that important. I don't measure up. I don't. It's it's a it's a meekness of spirit. It is the absolute opposite of, of pride. That's why Jesus said in Matthew five three, "Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who recognize their utter spiritual bankruptcy." Let me say it again: Blessed are those who recognize their utter spiritual bankruptcy. Bankruptcy, And they, they recognize they have no ability. They have nothing to offer. They have nothing to merit uh, anything from God. And so they come to God with inability, and God rewards that. The proud, on the other hand, completely different. They are sometimes so blinded by God, by their pride, they think they have no need of God. Or, or worse yet, they think God should accept them because they deserve his acceptance. Number three, Peter says God will exalt the humble at the proper time. You see, in the end, we don't have to exalt ourselves. We don't have to lift ourselves up. God is going to do that when the time is right. And that is a wonderful thing uh, to look forward to. Number four, Peter says this, God cares for the humble. Now we're going to come back to that statement uh, in, in detail in, in just a few minutes. But for now, just make sure we see this as an incentive that God cares for humble uh, people. So very quickly, let's summarize what we've learned. God is against the proud, right? But if you are humble, he'll give you grace. He'll exalt you 